second hole, this time for Long. To take the lead in the US Open. Welcome to Little Booting Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professionals. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got the kid, MG, in studio, ex-bookie. How are you, buddy? Good, Nick. How are yourself? Oh, I'm a bit fresher today than I was <laughs> yesterday. I uh, ran into a bit of trouble at the railway in Port Melbourne. Gee, they do a cracking steak. Yeah. You had two meals there, I believe. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, probably stayed for a while. Lunch rolled into dinner. Yeah, with uh, with great man DK. And uh, yeah, we are just licking our wounds after. Yeah, it was a roller coaster again on the punt. The uh, the US Open Golf was one of the highlights. God, Johnny Rahm, hey? Yeah. There was something special. And poor old Big Daddy, he was on uh, Louis Oosthuizen, and so he's backed another second. He had Kepka uh, in the major before, and he's uh, he's doubled up on the roughy. And, yeah, he's just got uh, pipped on the post. But it was it was some win, wasn't it, Johnny Rahm? Yeah, it was really good. The COVID king, we're now calling him, aren't we? It's incredible, isn't it? He's a COVID survivor and now, you know, a world champion. Djokovic, he beat Nadal off the back of COVID. He's had COVID. He got through it. Yeah. Do you reckon there's some long-term effects with <laughs> With Joker, yeah, I'm tipping there's some uh, <laughs> there's some late uh, Olympic strategies being put into place. I think with what's <laughs> trying going to get on it. around, yeah, I think, just a uh, clean up. They want their athletes flattened with COVID. <laughs> Good two weeks, four weeks out from the Olympics might be uh, the new game plan. I think mm. seems to be working for a few. Doesn't seem to be affecting them too much. Johnny Rahm was awesome there in the last run on the Sunday, wasn't he? It was like a Stephen Bradbury type performance, wasn't he? He was he just steeled himself, and a lot of them lost it rather than won yeah. it, and he just. And stuck in there, and yeah. last two holes he steeled himself, and that was just some amazing parts downhillers, sides yeah. sideswinders. Yeah, it was good to watch. Uh, yeah, the, the betting the run was awesome on the yeah. last day. It shows how uh, the people who don't follow golf every week, uh, you got to get around the majors because uh, the TV coverage of it is superb, mm. and uh, you know tournaments like that uh, in a good time slot for us, we were able to get up, have breakfast, start your day off. <laughs> it was it was it was really awesome to watch the last round and. Uh, Regardless who you were betting on or whatever, it was it was good to see. And uh, yeah, Johnny Rahm gets gets the job done. Speaking of COVID, there was about seven thousand watched Geelong and Western Bulldogs. Cattery <laughs> had it everything. The game, I thought, Selwood uh, with his little indiscretions, a tight contest. Western Bulldogs losing Norton, uh, and then they sort of just botched the last couple of minutes. I thought defensively there was a couple of errors, and they didn't even try and you know wind the clock back in that final minute. Gee, if they had their time over again, I think they would have done it differently. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, unfortunately, when you watch a replay back for the Bulldogs, the last fifty seconds or so, where they uh, allowed the ball to be transferred from their forward half, uh, it was pretty disappointing watching the uh, replay from behind the goals. Uh, very good kick. He's one of one of the few that you'd want uh, having the ball after the siren. He's probably in the top five or ten for kicking after. Um, not sure the kick was designed uh, properly by him, um, but uh, yeah, he got the job done. And it's a bad loss for the Bulldogs in the end because they were there to win it for sure. Mm. So if they're at the MCG in finals, same teams, and Norton's back, and they're both full strength. Let's pretend they're both full strength. Duncan's back as well. Who who do you want to be with? Well, I think I think on recent form, what you see, um, Geelong have got to be close to a two goal better side down at the Cattery. Mm-hmm. Um, just with the uh, well, the seven thousand wouldn't have helped them much in this match. But going forward, the Bulldogs definitely get more out of it. That why they'll be disappointed that they they just lost, obviously after the siren. But uh, going forward, they'd be pretty confident when they meet, if and when they meet Geelong uh, come September. I, th- I think they've got their measure. Mm, and the Bombers are sort of making or well, staking a claim for a, uh, a final spot. And I don't know if we've said it on, on air, but definitely in the office. Jake Stringer's been a name that we've bandied around oh. as possible trade bait. You've been yeah. a bit savage on uh, 
the package or what it, the weapon or whatever he calls yeah, himself. Package, but yeah. I'll tell you what, they've figured out how to use him with the, from the clearances and then pushing him up forward. He was electric and I see some in the media say that he's not the top 10 player but he's somewhere between 11 and 20. So I think everyone needs to have a cold shower that uh, is talking about that much. But do you still think that they should get rid of Stringer or offer him bugger all? Um, no, I think they'll keep him. They don't need to offer him four years. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when you line him up against their other players that they uh, have got are signing and will need to sign in the next couple of years, um, Stringer doesn't need four years. Um, and th- I don't think there's too many clubs that would be chasing him. Um, sure, he played out of his mind on the weekend, but, uh, you know, he's a one in four, maybe one in six uh, performer on a weekly basis. Mm. And, you know, I just don't think four years and what he's commanding, I think someone said around 750 to 800,000 a year. Yeah. I don't know what, <laughs> uh, what uh, he's dreaming at night, Stringer, but uh, no, I think they'll just offer him two. I think they'll meet halfway. I doubt he'd want to leave because, um, you know, he's. Uh, you know, he knows Essendon are on the way up and the next couple of years he probably wants to be playing finals. Um, and I'm not sure too many good sides um, would find a spot for Stringer in their, in their thing. So I just think lack of demand at the end of the day. He'll have to settle for around the probably the five, 500, 550, probably take two years, maybe he might be able to squeeze three. But if I was Essendon, I'd just keep him on a shorter leash. Um, I think he know, needs to be on a short leash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fair enough. He, he should be more performance-based because he's so inconsistent. Um, but they, they were good as, and they got the job done. They weren't. I mean, they were playing Hawthorne, so it's not like, um, you know, they played out of their skin. Other other than the first game, which we picked out on the Friday night, the rest of the round was uh, was pretty lacklustre for mine. Mm. Let's uh, we'll get the bookie wrap up on the screen now. Uh, if you're listening in podcast world, I'll read them out anyway. So round fourteen, the favourites just went five from five, so bounce back savagely. The punters there, the line was three. Out of five, and then the overs are two out of five covered there, the totals. And for the season, it's uh, 69% faves, 48% the line, and then the totals are 53%. So sort of bang on the money there. It's going to be an interesting one with the coaches. It seems that the media attention has shifted a lot now to the Gold Coast, and we saw Cochrane on the couch uh, the other day. But they've got Adelaide this week. Clarko seems to be uh, coaching well at the moment, or he's doing enough and keeping them competitive. Well, Buckley's gone, and then all of a sudden there's a big focus and shift to due. So the sentiment and even just what the media are talking about at the moment is people are starting to be a little bit unhappy, and you can just see everyone's a bit nervy, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah, well, once, you know, I mean, history shows once one block falls, there's generally a couple behind it. There's very few seasons when you have coaching changes that there's just to one. Um, you know, and I think if you were, if you're a betting man, by the end of the year, you'd be surprised if there wasn't three, maybe four in that category that would have a new coach lining up for next season. Um, you know, there's some ordinary games this week, but some big games by the same token. When you talk about Gold Coast, they're playing North Melbourne. Uh, I think it's a big game for Dew and the Gold Coast. Uh, to travel down to Tassie to take on North. Mm. I just think the outcome is bigger for Gold Coast than North. And the other game is obviously Carlton again against Adelaide. Last game of the week, Carlton have already been backed again. It's incredible, isn't it? Got, we say it uh, every week. Well, it's, a, it's an endless pit. <laughs> you know, it's uh, what are we up to around, f- well, for, the 14th game for the year mm. and Carlton have been backed against twice. It's been, uh, it's crazy and they haven't delivered. So, um, you know, they've already moved from five to nine on the, on the game against Adelaide. And I think this is probably... Uh, Teague's game that he has to win. 
I think just Carlton will have will pull the pin if they lose to Adelaide this week. Mm, and speaking of uh, market moves, let's have a look at the hits and misses from last week. All the money was for Geelong at the line, five and a half to nine and a half. We know they missed that one. The total was a solid go there, one fifty six to one forty eight and a half. It landed one sixty one. The Port, yeah, the, that was another head scratcher. The money just kept moving away from Port, nineteen and a half to sixteen and a half. I think I, I saw it get to twelve and a half at one stage, and then there was yeah, a late yeah. push back out the other way. They've come out and won by. Eight goals. Uh, the total there, it was also uh, a miss, 154 to 160 and a half. It landed 112. Uh, the Brisbane total landed 173 to 167 and a half. It was greasy. It was wet. It was miserable. I was miserable. I backed the uh, Brisbane minus and they played a quarter and a half a footy and were mm-hmm. good enough to uh, get away with that one. The GWS Carlton total, that was another miss, 168 to 151. Over it went 168 and then uh, Essendon line, 11 and a half to eight and a half, and uh, they've won by 13 there, so a bit of a miss there. But uh, Essendon were good for me. But, yep. um, yeah, fascinating. But, yeah, the Carlton are, the, I guess, the big head-scratcher, and it looked, looks like an absolute uh, landmine round yeah. of AFL betting this week. Yeah, it was kind of funny last week. When when, when you report that it was, uh, you know, 100% favourites, five out of five, you kind of think the punters had an absolute mm. fill-up, which the multi-punters probably yeah. uh, well, d- did fare very well. But when you actually look at the plungers through the week, and we've listed uh, seven there, there's actually only one hit and and six misses. Yeah. So it's actually a lot of the uh, the big moves in the market actually did go awry. I know some of them are the totals, um, so they don't come into the five out of five figures. But um, yeah, it doesn't. It's not always what it seems with the uh, with the plungers that uh, whether they hit or miss. It's um, yeah, it's interesting that they went five out of five. But the bookies may not have got scolded as badly as you think. And I tell you what, I think the bookies dodged a massive bullet. And we don't really play much in these same game multi markets. But I got. People slide into the little birdie DMs, and a couple of mates send them around. And you might have had similar uh, similar messages through. But Tom Hawkins <laughs> absolutely destroyed so many same game multis uh, from Friday night. Two or more goals. There was multiple people. One guy had one hundred and eighty seven dollars, eighty to one, and all the I can't. I, there's just too many combinations, and I get twisted. I, I'd have to look at them for two hours to try and find a bet. Yeah. But Tomahawk, he handballed one off in the square to. Not not kick his second goal, and then he's had the neck injury for the last probably yeah. four minutes. And you felt that if he was on the ground, he would have just bobbed up and and kicked yeah. one absolutely no worries. So a bit of a shout out to, I think there was about three or four customers that uh, <laughs> that po- posted them through. So that was a very very sick beat indeed. Uh, let's talk about uh, the sting in a tail where we discuss, I guess, the hot topics and uh, try and add a bit of fuel to the fire. And I guess the first one, we uh, we sat in the office yesterday and we were looking through uh, the review shows and it's it's been funny. The uh, the media sentiment has changed and uh, First Crack or... Uh, Your show? Yeah, the podcast that you, you make me watch. Sentiment change, and I think it was just Ben Dixon being on the show, but Tommy Morris has come back in and he's just started to absolutely unleash yeah. on well, I think it's an interesting, interesting dynamic in that show because it's a bit like with Dunstall going to your other show, 360, you've uh, become a bigger fan now. Was uh, Robbo in quarantine? I think Robbo's, uh, well, apparently he's down with an injury, but, um, you know, the crowd's calling, calling for uh, Dunstall to be permanent. I think permanent. He, he's getting a big wrap-up, so... <laughs> I think your mate Tom uh, is is kind of felt the heat with Dixon being the host, and he's had to come back out and just make a bit of a statement that that's his show and he's the host and not mm. Dicko. Um, it was interesting uh, the last couple of days, and even the last two weeks, they've been a bit chippy on these shows, haven't they? They're, well, they're uh, starting to yeah to put a bit of pressure back on the AFL, which is long overdue. And yeah, I did think it was pretty funny when David King said, "Mate, you just got to be careful. You you'll be getting a phone call this week," and gave Tommy Morris just a little bit of a pull up. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, they know where their checks are signed, I guess, at the end of the day. But um, no, it's good. It's good they're having a little crack at, um, you know, Hocking. Is he, is he running just uh, his show or the whole show? Mm. Um, you know, he, even when uh, decisions go against him, at he's the tribunal. Not happy, We're talking so. about David McKay. And mm. then he's come out and after David McKay's got cleared, then he said, oh, we're going to. We, yeah, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. And then at the end of the season, we might change the rules to suit ourselves if need be. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I don't know. He's Interesting. Locked. I don't. Uh, yeah, don't know much about hockey. You only hear probably maybe the negative stuff. But um, yeah, he's certainly uh, making it all about him at the moment. I think. And even when uh, things go against him, he says, "Well, I don't care. I'm going to move on." And uh, next time it comes around, we'll do it my way. So, yeah, very interesting. Gold Coast were in the firing line from a lot of people, and you've been saying it for ten weeks that where is the pressure on the Gold Coast, and why is no one talking about Stewie yeah. Jew and their setup? We saw Cochrane on the couch. Interesting uh, character. He might be just swimming against a very, very strong tide. And can any franchise work at the Gold Coast? Uh, the short answer is no, and history will show that uh, has been the case with uh, not AFL. But, I mean, you know, if you sit down and you say a rugby league team, uh, which they call their heartland in Queensland, um, the Gold Coast Titans, mm. they've tried a few different sides there. If that can't work... Uh, in their so-called heartland. I'm not sure um, how the AFL think they can go in with a team um, that's massively underperforming um, and take a market share, get a crowd and uh, be successful in there. So they're pouring a lot of money in, they're torched a lot of money and how long are they going to continue to torch it? And I just wonder now with COVID, is that the outcome of COVID going to be with the with the Titan uh, finances now at the AFL mm. going forward? Will that mm. be the death knell for um, for the Gold Coast? And if so, where and when is the next side? It's a tricky one because look, Brisbane Bears weren't flying and then Fitzroy were forced to merge Yep, and then they had a lot of success and now they're viable. Brisbane's now a bigger market than the Gold Coast mm. and Brisbane is a major city. Gold Coast isn't, and Brisbane's got a track record. I mean, the Broncos have obviously been yep. um, a long-time success, um, but no sporting franchise, whether you go soccer, basketball, anything, has worked in the Gold Coast. Mm. So, The benefit of hindsight, if the Kangas were forced to go up to the Gold Coast, do you think that would work? Because we talk about Tasmania getting a team, and you're saying that you can't relocate a team to Tasmania. They need their own standalone club. Yeah. But we saw with Brisbane it sort of worked when you pushed a – an existing club up there. Yeah, but they went into a market where they didn't have it. So okay. they get to make it their own team. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not saying whether Tasmania's the right, um, you know, they've got some negatives. Obviously their population would need to come out and force on a regular basis. Um, but I just think if, you know, from, from what you read and what you hear, if Tasmania do get their own team, um, that they will get around and support it because it's, it's, it's AFL based mm. um, where the Gold Coast isn't. So, you know, if you're trying to push into a Gold Coast market where the crowds are maybe, what are we talking, 5,000, maybe 10 on a, on, a, on a stronger team, then Tasmania will get will get the same. They'll get more. Mm. You know, it showed at the Essendon Hawthorne game. Um, you know, if you, you imagine or anyone imagines that they're uh, Tasmanian based with their own team, um, they'll support it on a big level because they'll know how important it is. And I think success will come from Tasmania because they'll have a good pool to to, to, uh, to choose from. Some talent. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So the Gold Coast Suns, what do you do? Do you abandon ship? Well, I'm sure it's a it's a legal minefield and stuff like that, and it's probably not as easy just to say you know say at the end of the year we're going to shut it down, uh, and 2022 we're going to start a, a Tasmanian side. I'm not sure 
Or so the, crystal ball then. So in five years' time, will Gold Coast still have a have a side? Well, if you're the AFL and you're sitting down, you're saying, what's the long term for Gold Coast? How long are we going to let this go on? We're bleeding X amount mm. of money every year. Um, you know, the, the results are actually going negative. Um, we did some background stats. Uh, what have they finished? They've been the comp 11 years now. They've averaged 16th on the ladder in 11 <laughs> years. Um, and their highest finish is 12th. So yeah. they've never looked like making finals. Uh, and their current coach has got the worst percentage of all and he's in his fourth year. So, you know, I think... You know, the, see, the way I look at it right now, Nick, is that the Gold Coast are sliding backwards. Jew can't survive. And so the Gold Coast have got to then start with a new coach. Yeah. Is it another rebuild? So then for team performance, all of a sudden you could be looking at a minimum two to three years, maybe closer to four or five. So if you look five years down the track, Gold Coast still haven't made finals. Mm. Then all of a sudden we're approaching 16, 17 years of no success. Should we in 2022 have switched? Um, shut down the Gold Coast and maybe started a fresh team in Tasmania. And how long would Tasmania take to maybe get become, off the ground? Yeah, maybe and maybe make finals and be successful. Mm, it's a fascinating one, and I think the media have just started to sink their claws into it. So yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with the results this weekend. Because uh, well, I'll tell you what, David Teague would be wrapped with uh, the focus being shifted off him. But if they lose this week against Adelaide. It'll be absolute daggers do you, do you, out. Do you think it's a big game for Carlton? Do you think Teague survives if he does lose to Adelaide this week? Or do you think he survives the year? I think it's probably do it last chance for Teague. Well, the review's already on the way. Yeah. And they're just insipid at the moment. Does it matter if he wins or loses to Adelaide no, this you're probably, week? No, it's just a matter of when probably. Yeah. Yeah, but if I, I think the pressure mounts and – as you say, once one domino falls, yeah. it just it'll force them to make you know they've got to change something. Yeah, got to the 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 pressure's just too much because the season's gone. So historically, uh, clubs use this kind of time frame, don't they? With you know five to eight weeks to go of a season, if they're going to make a change to make mm. it to kind of Pull the trigger use early. this area, see what the players are going forward and everything like that. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting in the next couple of weeks, but I'm tipping one of them is in trouble soon. We're, uh, we've got a big show. We're going to preview uh, the best matches. I'm going to try and pick out four matches where we can actually find a winner. It is a, a nightmare round for me. I'll be definitely staking down this week for sure. Uh, we've got round 15. The NRL, we haven't given Top Rope the week off. He's going to chime in with some women's state of origin, which will be entertaining. And uh, the NRL... Well, the men's origin is on Sunday night also. We're going to talk Hall of Fame, and I'm going to throw a couple of barbs. Still not all sweet in the NRL land. He uh, he keeps burying his head. There's talk about this new kickoff rule changing, and there's all these articles, oh, yeah, we'll listen to the fans. We'll we'll make the game about the fans, and PVL just hasn't got it right. So expect a little bit of to and fro from me and Top Rope there. But uh, if you're having a bet this week, make sure you check out topsport.com.au. They're our major sponsor. They've been in the game for 35 years. The Merlin ends up at the Gold Coast. Maybe to Tristan and uh, Lloyd can throw a lifeline to the, the Suns. Maybe they should be running the show. I don't think they want to touch it. <laughs> Too smart, those guys. Too smart. Yeah. Anyway, we'll take a break and we'll talk more AFL next. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of pros. I'm your host, Scoot, and I've got MG here, and we're going to start to tiptoe our way through a treacherous round 15 fixture in the AFL, and that's a cracker. We love Thursday night footy. Make sure you've got the remote in hand, in control tomorrow night. Brisbane Bears, the Lions, $1.68. Geelong Cats, $2.24, and the line is five and a half. How good is Thursday night footy? It's back. It should never have disappeared. No, it's, it's 
it's brilliant. I like the uh, you know I like the rolling fixture. It could probably be uh, maybe four weeks at a time, but understand with uh, COVID going on, it needs to be a week at a time. But uh, the fans can't get there anyway for most of the games. But um, yeah, I like it because they can really position their. Um, you know, their Thursday, their Friday nights, you know, uh, marquee games, which um, obviously the biggest TV audience and this one's uh, this one is a cracker. And, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to this one. It'd be great. Brisbane, if you rewind last week, they might have just been going around half-paced with all eyes on this week's game. They've probably looked yeah. after themselves last week against the Kangas. They only really turned the Jets on for a quarter and a half, I thought. Yeah, it's always dangerous, you know, and probably going forward for the rest of the year as well with uh, – Sides is such a division between between the top and bottom, mm. um, and you probably just got to watch out when you get these big lines on good sides with bad. Um, the bad sides got nothing to lose, and the good sides are probably, as you said, looking to next week. Brisbane did what they had to, whether they had an eye on Geelong or not. But this is a big game for them. I really think um, you know this week there's there's two standout games, um, but this one for the top two and definitely for the top four, um, they'll look back on this either the winner has been a, has been a big game. Brisbane have only lost to Melbourne since their one and three start. That blows my mind. And the, that early start, they had a horror draw. They had the incident down at Geelong where I think it was Stewart got tackled. Yep. Uh, they were robbed down there, but yep. everyone gets fleeced at uh, Geelong at the Cattery. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. Yeah, they're in form. Um, they're just the sleeper a bit, aren't they, Brizzy? Well, they're not the sleeper. Um, they've been <laughs> they've been at the top of the market for for a while. Um, <coughs> You know, a few smart judges been tipping them off long term <laughs> for the season. Now this is a bit. This, listen, I'm I'm clearly a Brisbane fan. Um, was was keen on them from the outset. I just think this is a big game for Brisbane, especially at home. Geelong kind of get a free roll now because they've won. You know, they had a real tough three game stretch. They've won two of them, um, and I'm just hoping for Brisbane's sake, um, speaking through my pocket, that Geelong probably come off two tough matches going up to Brisbane. This is almost a free hit for Geelong. Because they would have set themselves to win two out of the three. They've got the two. So maybe the pressure's all on Brisbane here. So that's why I'm saying Brisbane at home, this is a big win for them if they can get away with it. Mm. And early money suggests I think the line opened three. They're now at five and six. Um, I think which is about the right margin. So you can bet either team with confidence. I don't think the market will move too much more. Um, You know, and, and whatever happens in the teams, you know, obviously Zorko comes back. If Berry comes back for Brisbane, it may push a bit more because then all of a sudden Brisbane's got their complete midfield back and that's where they can uh, really beat up on Geelong this week. Mm, strong midfield and I guess the forward line we saw at the Western Bulldogs, the high ball in didn't uh, didn't play into the Western Bulldogs' hands. They needed to lower the eyes yep. a little bit more uh, and then Stewart just, I think he racked up, what, 27 disposals out of the, the back yep. flank or the back or centre-half back. Yep. It's a different equation here. You've got a stronger forward line for Brisbane, some tall marking power, and then you've got uh, Charlie Cameron buzzing around and they've got some smaller forwards that can pick up the crumbs a little bit easier. So it's a it's a different dynamic this time, yeah, isn't you've, it? You've done your research. I'm impressed, Goody. I watched the games. Yeah, no, nah, no. It's 100%, and that's the key factor for me in this game, that Brisbane's forward line, uh, and that's why I like Brisbane because all six of them can take good marks, uh, but they are fleet of foot. And even Danaher and Hipwood mm. both move very well for, for for big individuals. They will kick the ball in. They will lower their eyes against Geelong. Yeah. They know what the game plan is. They did it and they just got beat where they probably shouldn't have been at the Cattery. If you take a line through that game, I think Brisbane's got stronger. Um, not to say Geelong hasn't because their last two wins have been very impressive, but they test Geelong's defence 
in ways that few other forward lines win. And if they get their fair share in the midfield, which I think they, they'll dominate. You saw how good Neil was from his first up game back for mm, a long time. Last week he dominated. Um, Zorko will be fresh. Uh, he'll come back in and do what he does. And that's why I say if you add Berry to McCluggage and Lyons, who's on fire, that's a big five punch in the midfield. Um, I just think they'll get some play. It'll be one in that half of the game. Whoever wins out of the Brisbane offense and the Geelong defense, and I just think they'll get enough supply to get the job done. Mm, I know your uh, prices are very close, but how are you betting? If yeah, gun to I, your head. Yeah, well, I, I thought three uh, w- was an investment. It didn't last long. Um, I, I think six is the right right price. So if I was having a bet, I'd probably uh, – a line bet's not for me. I would probably bet Brisbane the 1 to 39 if I was looking for a bet or even the, one, even the 1 to 24 because I think it will be a tight game. Um, and Chilong are a very good side. So ho- hopefully it's a, a bit like their uh, earlier clash this year and we get a real, real cliffhanger and hopefully Brisbane just sneak home. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's all the different uh, alternate margins and handicaps. So some of the markets that I've been playing in lately is either team yep. by nine and a half points or twenty four and a half points, so you can get that at Top Sport as well. Yeah, <clears throat> and look, and look, I bet. took a dollar. I think I took a dollar eighty either team by yeah, under yeah. uh, twenty four and a half points in the Western Bulldogs and yeah, Geelong match. So especially if there's a bit of rain around, there's different way. You just don't have to spear into the uh, to the line. That's for yeah, sure. I, I think the market's right, and I don't think it would go too far. So if you if you like either side, uh, I think you can bet with confidence. Obviously, see the team selections. Um, but the other option is the betting in the runs being great value. Mm. You know, from um, the big swings. Yeah. yeah, if one if one side gets out and about, you, you can guarantee pretty much that the other side will come back at some stage. So you know, if if, you, if you're watching the game, check out your live betting, mm. especially early. Uh, the pressure in the first quarter, games usually open up, and you can even uh, jag a total in play as well. Let's have a look at the next match. It's Essen versus Melbourne Saturday night at the MCG. We've got uh, four dollars the Bombers, a dollar twenty six the D's, and the Lions. Surprisingly for me, is being twenty one and a half to twenty three and a half. They didn't beat much last week, Essendon, but it's still tough to beat Hawthorne down in Tasmania. And Hawthorne, the last couple of weeks, have been holding their own. Uh, and Clarko is uh, definitely coaching them a lot better at the moment. Or there's a bit of intent there. Why is there money for the minus here, the D's? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I thought the market – I had it at 20. Um, the market came out at 21. So, you know, it's a, it's a non-betting play for me. I'm a bit – I actually thought uh, if I had to have a dollar, I thought the market would come slightly to Essendon. Um, but it's actually early market's gone for Melbourne for two points, now 23 and a half. Um, you know, maybe just, maybe just Essendon off a, a shorter break. Uh, Melbourne off the buy might have something to do with it. Um, but, you know, I think Essendon's a reasonable bet at 23 and a half. It'll probably get you, no doubt. You're a new Essendon man. Love jumping <laughs> on the bandwagon. Now you're all about Stringer. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, I think um, being a neutral venue, uh, good to see footy back at the MCG. Hopefully they'll get a, a decent crowd, which they should. Um, you know, but this is, you know, if you go through the stats, Essendon actually the second ranked offense in the comp, which may surprise a few people. Um, and and Melbourne's clearly the best defence in the comp. So, again, this will be one at that end of the ground. Um, and if you do the matchups, Melbourne should clear Essendon's forward line, but their midfield's on fire. The midfield battles are going to be extraordinary in this game and probably be worth a ticket to watch. You know, you've got uh, Parrish obviously up and about with Merritt and, and Melbourne's two are going as good as any in the comps. Uh, I think they're second and third in the brand though at the moment. So, um, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing how young Draper, he came back and played superb he did. He on the weird. weekend. Yeah, he very good. now gets to really steal himself 
um, against Max Gorn, who's clearly the best ruckman in the comp. Or sorry, with Nick Nat, I guess. But um, it, it'll be a great matchup in the midfield. So I'm looking forward to this game. Not a betting game for me. Um, and I think Essendon will be freewheeling free again. They're, they're the informed side um, in terms of the stats. Melbourne have only won two of their last four. So they got off to a really hot start. Um, they off can't, the break, they can't afford to drop games like this mm. uh, if they're going to be a serious uh, premiership contender at the end of the year. So I would expect Melbourne to sneak away with the win, but at the line you could definitely entertain Essendon. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about Stephen May and the Melbourne defence. They're just super drilled. I know they weren't good at in, in Sydney, but defensively they're just so well organised and they might ragdoll these young Essendon forwards and I'm a little yeah. bit concerned. I don't think Essendon can win, but I can d- think they can definitely cover. If they're rain, if the forecast rain hits, I know MCG is a great drying deck. Does rain suit one side better more than the other? No, I don't think so. I mean, obviously if rain comes in, it normally suits the defence, which you would say go to Melbourne. Um, then all of a sudden, do you want to take a, a decent four-goal line in the wet if it may be a lower-scoring game? But, um, yeah, I, I think Melbourne will get away with the win. It'll be a disappointing loss for them for sure. Um, the other thing they've got going for them is don't expect Stringer to back up two games in a row either. So <laughs> that's one thing you won't be able to count on, I don't So you think. are off him? No, I'm not off him. I, it's just <laughs> I'm just being real about him, yeah. So I, I'm not sure in his career how, how often he's put two or three games back-to-back. So it'll be interesting to see how he stands up and also how, what Melbourne do to him as well. They'll have a plan for Stringer. He mm. won't be able to free roll like he did against Hawthorne. Yeah, he's got another couple of balls in the midfield to contend with as well. Now, uh, Steve Hocking, he should worry more about the fixturing rather than uh, changing the rules because we've got Port Adelaide clashing uh, against uh, Sydney on Saturday night. So Port Adelaide-Sydney clashes with the Essendon-Melbourne game. So we might have to lock ourselves in the office. So if uh, the missus is out there, yeah. she, she's probably not going to see me Saturday night. We need to watch two games of sport <laughs> at once. $1.33 Port Adelaide, $3.40 Sydney, and the line's 18.5 to 20.5 here. So yeah, already on the move here. Yeah, there is a chance with COVID that I think, uh, I don't think the announcement's been made yet, that maybe the Port Adelaide game may need to be brought forward. So that may be an afternoon game. So mm-hmm. just a heads up there if you are Fingers betting. Fingers crossed. If you are betting that you may get to see that game into the Essendon-Melbourne game. I just think because Sydney's got to fly out or something like that. So that'll be cleared up. But just if you're going to bet in that game and you are thinking at night, just make sure you got the heads up if it is switched to an afternoon game. Okay, do you want to talk about the game? You yeah. like Port? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do like Port in this game. Um, at, ho- at home, um, you know, I think 18 is definitely a betting line here. Um, I had a, at least four goals, um, and I know they do lose Robbie Gray out of the side. I'm just not sure with Sydney. I think they're, they're a bit up and down. Um, both sides are. Yeah, they both are, but, you know, I'm, I mean, Sydney are in the eight, so this is actually a test for Port because they haven't beaten anyone, uh, sorry, other than Richmond, um, haven't beaten anyone in the eight, so this is a good test for for um, for Port and at home they'll want to put this win on the board. And I think just if they get on top early, I, th- I think 18's the bet in this game. Um, They've won the last four against Sydney and then five two at home, so they they're one of their bunnies really. Yeah, the the only query mark I've got on this game is just just a slight weather watch. Um, I don't think there'll be much rain. Um, but it can bring Sydney back in. Obviously, they love the contested ball. They bring it down to a low game, which Port don't mind either. Then all of a sudden, the 18 line may may cause some issues. But no, I like Port in this game. I think they'll get the job done. 
Right. The last game is an absolute belt. I love the uh, the late fixture over in Perth, and this could be uh, the Grey Goose-sponsored uh, match because Mark and I just love to have a little bit of side action. It's uh, 181, the West Coast Eagles, Bulldogs 205, the line 3.5, West Coast versus Western Bulldogs, Sunday afternoon at Optus Oval, an absolute beauty. Yeah, it Marcos. is. Well, you're stinging me for a bottle of goose in this game now, eh? Well, well, your doggies. You're, you're shading West Coast. Oh. So you want to be on West Coast slightly, and I slightly yeah. want to be on Western Bulldogs. All right. All right. Sounds fair. Yep. Um, How's it going to be won? Yeah. Listen, this is obviously the other the other really good game for the for the week that we're looking forward to. So Sunday afternoon would be a good time slot to watch. Um, yeah, second, second v. Seventh on the ladder. Um and, you know, two quality sides. I'm really um, bullish on the West Coast side. Um, I just think the ins that look like coming in, and obviously we're a day and a half away from teams being selected, but they look like they might have some big ins. Uh, so I don't want to sting you when you're suddenly come game time and West Coast maybe five or six-point uh, favourites in this game. But it appears that Shuey's definitely coming back in, McGovern, Kelly, uh, Shepard, and maybe Kelly. Um, and I would comfortably say probably four, four of those are in the uh, in the top 10 or 12 of West Coast best. Um, I just think the Bulldogs have been a bit disrupted in the prep- preparation here, um, coming off a, a tough game and a tough loss in Geelong, and there's obviously going to be a query on Norton, uh, and if I was to have a guess, I'm not sure whether you'll come up. Ribs are I don't bit, know whether you're risking. Ribs are a bit tricky as well. Um, <clears throat> West Coast is not exactly the defence you'd want to play against either. Um you know, fresh McGovern, he might want to just say, I'll take Norton and test him out early. Um, but the midfield, I just think if West Coast get their players back, obviously we know how good the, the Bulldogs midfield is. This will be a great contest to watch. I just like the West Coast, you know, the the, the ruck situation. I think Nick Nat will dominate um, the Bulldogs ruck, give uh, West Coast the first use of the mids. And I just think um, the Achilles heel still for me for the Dogs is their defence. Mm. Um, and, you know, I'm pretty partial to West Coast's um, forward line. Very forgiving to West Coast's whole operation, I would have thought. Well, <laughs> the proof will be in the pudding at the end of the year, I guess. But um, I, I just think they're the valued team in the Premiership betting at the moment still. Um, and, again, this is a big game for both both teams, um, more so for West Coast because they're obviously fighting at the bottom end of the eight. But um, when you're at home against West Coast, I think I might have um, maybe – Tried to advise you last week, was it, or the week before against Richmond, um, that you're brave if you're betting against West Coast at home. Mm. But um, obviously uh, you got too much money and you want to back up again and go with the dogs. Well, when you're 22 points up with 10 minutes to go, you think you're pretty sweet and you've got the missus on the couch saying, I don't know how you deal with this, and I didn't really deal with it well at the time. <laughs> but I'm happy to uh, happy to stand by the Western Bulldogs. Okay. I, I still think that they've played – Maybe four quarters of bad footy yeah. for the year, and I still think that they're the side to beat uh, with Melbourne, yeah. and then maybe Brisbane's the the next best. But they're going to give away a big, yeah. um, big home ground advantage away there. So okay, we're, we're splitting that one. Mark's going to uh, yeah. side with West Coast, and I'll I'll take Bulldogs SP at the line if you think the market's going to uh, go go with uh, <laughs> West Coast. But uh, nice little segue here into buy, hold, and sell, and this is where we look at uh, the Premiership market and Mark's. Uh, done some expected wins. So he's done some forecasting here of uh, how he thinks it'll wash out and it'll help us figure out who's value in this market. And 
Wow, Geelong Cats. How fickle is this? It's 480. I don't know where the bookies are just trying to suck people in to lay them. Oh, we've got the new favourite. You might as well barrel into this. $4.80 Cats. The Lions, 550. Melbourne Demons, 550. Richmond, $6. $6 the Bulldogs. Port Adelaide, 950. $13 West Coast, and 41 for uh, my new side, the Bombers. Geelong just doesn't have the leg speed for mine. If it's a drier day, I think that uh, the Western Bulldogs. Demons or Brisbane Lions will just run them ragged when it comes into the finals. So, false favourite for mine. Yeah, well, we've got some different opinions, don't we? Because the three you mentioned, we've only got two the same. You know, if I was having three picks out of that market, I'd be going Lions, Richmond, and I still think West Coast are the value. Uh, Not to say that any of the other top of those sides can't win. Uh, I agree with you. I think Geelong, um, you know, it'd be interesting. Maybe we'll put a poll out on social and we'll. Uh, this week and we'll get it to, to next week and actually see who who picks. And I'd be surprised if Geelong actually came out on top in terms of a poll if you mm. if you, uh, if you you did it. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, their last two wins have been great, but do you want to pour into Geelong um, at $4.80 when they're going up to Brisbane, which may put a loss on the board? So, um, yeah, I, 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 would, I would stay away from Geelong. I, I think they're a good lay. Um, you know, if you like the others, I'd get around it. I can't have, I can't come into Port Adelaide. I think the loss, um, you know, I know I'm tipping Port Adelaide this week, but just going forward, Gray's going to be out for a long time. I just think they've got too many holes in them. Port Adelaide in terms of winning a flag. Um, Essendon and, and GWS can't win the flag for mine, not this year. Um, but yeah, there, there's some good, be- don't, don't, don't sleep on Richmond too long. Nico, because you know, at some stage, their back end of the season's very good. They've got a good Soft draw. draw. Very soft draw. Um, I think they've got one or two tough games. They get away with those. They'll putt out for the, for the rest of the season, be well-placed um, to have another crack at it. Mm, fascinating. You might have, to, might have to put the microscope under your expected wins. You've got uh, Melbourne Bulldogs, Brisbane Port, Geelong, Richmond and West Coast all within two expected wins. So you've got the Ds winning the minor premiership on 18. Then you've got Doggies, Brisbane Port all on 17. And then you've got... 16 wins for Geelong, Richmond, and West Coast. So I find it ultra fascinating. You're saying you don't want Port, uh, but, yeah, that's there's not much value left in that, and you, you're probably suggesting that West Coast are. And well, just with the COVID cloud as well, as soon as they're yeah. – everyone's opinion is that if the AFL grand final moves, it's going to be Adelaide or Perth. True, and that, and that can play a factor. In terms of the expected wins, and I'm not saying it's any different from other years, but because we've got such domination um, from the top end to the bottom, um, there's a big difference in a lot of – there's a lot of short-price favourites going in, so there's not much variance. You know, so when, when you see a lot of teams' expected wins at 18, 17, 16, it's a, it shows a disproportion of the top and the bottom. And so this is more the draw playing out. So Port Adelaide, yes, you know, you say, well, how can you pot them for the premiership? But yet you've got them finishing uh, fourth on the ladder with 17 wins. It's because they've got a lot of easy games coming forward. Now, that's different from going into a final series where you've got to go out and beat three in a row, potentially, of the top sides. And I don't think that's, I don't think Port's got the team to do that, uh, especially if they're away from home. So, Yes, the expected wins uh, are what they are, and it's based on each game. So it's you know, it's, I'm not saying it's rocket science or anything like that. No, it takes one to really change it. You know, which which uh, will be favourites don't win every game. Mm. 
Let's, uh, let's let's move along to the Brownlow medal market. And Marcus Pontepelli's now got a uh, absolute stranglehold on the Brown. That was filthy. He missed a, a shot in the final quarter, and they missed a couple of early goals. I don't want to trigger you here, but yeah, goal kicking may have cost Western Bulldogs last Friday. Bonampelli three fifty, Oliver four eighty, Petrarca six fifty, Parish seven fifty, my man Das. Absolutely love him. Ollie Wine, seven fifty. Jackson McRae, nine fifty. Dustin Martin, nine seventy five. Guthrie, sixteen. Walsh, still don't know how he's sixteen dollars. They must be full with him. Uh, Travis Boak, sixteen dollars. And McCluggage, twenty. Max Gorn, twenty one. Take me through it. What are you thinking? There's some, still some unbelievable lays in this market. Um, you know, I mean, Dusty Martin is still at ten dollars in this market. Um, anyone who's doing their Brownlow form. Uh, Dusty's, you know, with only nine rounds left, he's going to have to get on his bike to uh, partake in the finish of this brand. Though. He's miles under. Um, you know, same with um, Walsh from Carlton. I think you mentioned Fife, Fife and Boke. There's some uh, there's some real shorties in this market. Yes, the Bont is, looks like he's leading at the moment uh, and he, he's probably well-priced um, also because um, he's in a team where he can share some votes. Obviously, McRae's going well as well. Um, you know, I... I think the ones that we haven't partaken in, I, you know, I think we mentioned it last week when Wines was at the twelve or thirteen dollar mark. Uh, I think he went out pretty comfortably and got the three on the weekend. He had forty three mm. touches. So the ones that we He's haven't. He's probably bet- the only one that you've missed because you've tipped Bont preseason, yeah, and then you've been on Petrarca at the good odds and Oliver. So yeah. just to cover up, you'd probably suggest Wines. Yeah, if you're making a book and you followed us through through the year, um, Wines is your, is your danger and you're outstanding at the moment. Um, and yeah, I think he's close enough at the 750. I think uh, Boke's not having a good as year as he has previously. He's a gun piler. Wines can pile. He's in a he's in a reasonable team uh, and he's standing out at the moment. And I think if you're fresh in, I think the Bont's obviously the one you'd be backing. I think I still think for multis and everything mm. like that, he's the one. But just at the value right now, I think wine's at the 750 if I was having a bet this week. Let's have a look at the Coleman metal market. And my man, Harry McKay, $2.10. Texie Walker, your man, $6. Jack Rewalt just signed a one-year deal, six fifty. Jeremy Cameron, 11 Darling, 12 Kennedy, 12 Joshy Bruce, 13 Norton, 15 Tomahawk, $15. Hooksy, $19. Kyle Hooker, Benny King, Twenty-one and big Budwar, twenty-six dollars. He still can't believe the price of Harry, uh, and expect guys like Jeremy Cameron, Darling, Kennedy. There's just bags in some of these players, especially with the the draw. And even Richmond, if you're saying they've got such a soft draw, even six dollars fifty Rewalt, you'd probably rather back him than back McKay, wouldn't you? Yeah, can't, no pot on Rewalt, especially with um, Tom Lynch still out. Um, and, I, and I like Richmond's draw going home, and I think uh, Rewalt could put some pressure on it. I just think McKay's just still too short. We've been saying it for probably four to six weeks now. So if you take a notice and you keep laying, you, you keep saying at the same price. He keeps holding the same lead in, in a bunch field. But, yeah, I just think, um, you know, I, I just can't see him putting out from here, you know. I just don't think you hold the lead through. So I think the odds will change, and uh, and we'll wait for that flip, and then we'll we'll start trading it. Outstanding stuff. Puntingform.com.au is one of our major sponsors. They, you can get raw data, you can uh, get the database. All the stuff lives up in the cloud, so you can't delete or lose any of your notes, and that's a fantastic service. It's definitely turned my horse racing punting around, so make sure you get in touch with punningform.com.au and uh, Sugar Shane even does private tutorials if you want to learn how to use the database or, in fact, if you want to build your own model, those guys can help you uh, get that sorted too, so make sure you support punningform.com.au when you're betting on the ponies. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back with Top Rope Tedeschi 
and uh, land a couple of low blows. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting through the eyes of pros. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG, and it's time to talk to Top Rope Tedeschi, who is in scintillating form. All the totals just keep sailing over, and so do the good teams at the minus. They are crushing, and he is feeling. How are, how are you, pal? Uh, I'm a little bit flat this week, Scooty. There's, uh, oh, there's no rugby league. Oh, we've got one league. game of origin, we've got a women's origin, but oh, the NRL fill up on... I'm 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 like a junkie during a heroin drought. I've got nothing. <laughs> I am scratching. I am I'm not feeling well. Mark tells me I have to be a little bit kinder to you, and that's off the back of the Ben Iken news. <laughs> Poor old Benny Iken on NRL three hundred and sixty has been copping noise pollution for all season. He has to sit there with Crowley, Buzz, enough? with Hadley and Kenty, and listen to their dribble. And now he's packed up shop, and he's going to go to the Broncos. Can you blame him? <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's your. Uh, it must be a pretty ordinary work environment if you pack up and go to the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if I can go to the Broncos, what does that mean? Is there any any other? It, it means it means NRL three hundred and sixty is completely unwatchable. Once <laughs> comes off the show, yeah, um, to... what, what's it? What's it mean for? Well, I see sports bet of a marketer for. Uh, for next host, and I think there's a little bit of value around the seven dollars fifty Danganai. Just mm-hmm. no, no inside word, just a little bit of value. There. <laughs> I, I reckon it's a, uh, I reckon it's a, a, a three horse race, despite the market. There's no way Cooper Cronk is hosting this show. It'll either be Lara Pitt, Vonnie Sampson, or uh, or, or Ganane. But Ganane filled in earlier. He did a good job. He's kind of vibe the the rough and tumble of of, of three sixty. You know, Lara's on there a bit and. They're quite rude there, and they speak out of the top. Of I'm not sure she's up. She's ready for the rough and tumble. She could, def- she'd definitely make the show a better show, but uh, it'd be. It, I, I'm not sure she's going to get the job. I reckon it might go to Dan Ganane. Mm. They need to rebrand it and call it Grumpier Old Men. Now, something else in the uh, the Fox uh, the top the Fox Twitter feed and all over their website. The NRL's considering changing kickoff rules in an attempt to stop blowouts, but then. The tweet's been deleted, and even the page where it was written on, oh, well, this is embarrassing. We've permanently removed the page. So I'm not sure if it's censorship or the NRL just never tabled it. But I did some digging, all of uh, 30 seconds of Google, and I realised that, hang on, this is just a rehash from a story that was published a year ago. Prashenko, the great man, Adrian Prashenko, wrote a story. We will look at everything, more rule changes being considered for NRL. So this is... 12 months ago, and what's happened is there's all these blowout scores, and now let's introduce another rule to fix the game that we've absolutely ruined. But it's a, it's a cracking article. It's on uh, at Little Booty TV. We've tweeted it this morning, but make sure you check out this one. And the final sentence is just an absolute beauty. That proposal came via several fans' written submissions directly to ARLC chairman Peter Volandi. So he's just taking in... A couple of fan emails and changing the game, which it seems like that would make sense of, of why the game's in absolute rabble. Was one but he top said, rope? this is the final quote. It could be top <laughs> rope. It's great the fans are engaging. We have to listen to what the customers want. Well, I tell you what, Peter, open your window because the jungle drums are beating and Gus Gould's lead in the bus. He's driving the bus and the fans are absolutely full tilt furious. Absolutely furious. How do you respond to this? Top rope. I know you got the shirt hanging up on the cupboard door, but the jungle drums are beating. And I'll I'll say this: Dragons, Michaeli uh, Ravalawa. I'll probably pronounce that wrong, but I do all of them. How did he get four weeks? He led with the shoulders, but what else is he meant to do? 
There's a lot to unpack from that rant there, Scooby. There's a lot to unpack from that rant. But we're going to start with uh, how Gus got his nickname. This is a, we'll, we'll deviate even further. How Gus got his nickname. <laughs> Gus got his nickname uh, when he was playing for South Sydney uh, back in the day. And the, uh, the pre-season training involved a run from uh, Redfern all the way down to Maroubra Beach and back. Uh, you know what Gus did? He ran for a bit, jumped on a bus, got to Maroubra, <laughs> ran a little bit more, got a bit of a sweat up, got back on the bus, got on to Redfern. They found out about this nickname, Gus the Bus, shortened to Gus. Kind of sums up the person, really. He is willing to cheat, rot, and do anything else that's uh, uh, out of self-interest for, 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 for Phil Gould. Uh, so I'd be disregarding anything he's got to say. Uh, his comments on Reese Walsh uh, certainly uh, uh, add credence to my statement there. Uh, what does Chalk Higgoffs? Chalk Higgoffs were actually uh, were the rule in Super League in 1997 uh, and actually worked quite well. Uh, I think that would be a positive change to the game. I don't think they're entirely necessary, but where, what, 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 what's been mistaken here is rule changes are being blamed for, are blamed for blowouts. The same rule changes are existing in New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup. And there are fewer blowouts. What this is a reflection of is there are some incredibly poorly run teams out there. Poorly coached, poor. The option of the short kickoff. Every team should be doing a short kickoff every time. The maths of it, it, it makes perfect sense. But how often do you see it? Tigers didn't try one until they were down 30 nil. Well, you know what? Like, if you're going to be stupid and play like robots, you deserve you deserve to cop what you get. And the Tigers deserved to cop what they got on on Saturday night. The Titans deserved to cop what they copped on Sunday. And I've got no problem with it. This is hardly PBL's fault. So this is uh, a few clubs need to look internally a bit more and catch up to the good teams. Well, what about the suspension though of Ravalava? You can't say that he gets four weeks from that as a defender. I'm tackling and I'm thinking, what have I done wrong? Well, it was definitely a shoulder charge, so he definitely deserved a suspension. The rules are pretty clear on that. He, he shoulder charged. All this attempt to wrap up at the end and use of still photos, he dropped the shoulder in, and he got it because he's already been suspended twice this year, and both for shoulder charges. So well, I think he would have got one to two weeks if this was his first charge. He's got four weeks because he's done it twice already. But he's not going to learn. You pay a price. And, you know, if he does it again when he comes back in four weeks, he's going to cop more. That's loading for you. Hmm. Interesting. It's top rope, and I've got one other one other mate who reckons it's the <laughs> he he's in the same camp. He said that the, the poor clubs are being managed poorly, but yeah. if the rules get changed mid season, how can they respond? I don't see an well, issue with the, feel, with, with the poor clubs. I feel the clubs have responded pretty well. Well, sorry, I tell you sorry, what, kid. The, yeah. the kid doesn't want things to change because no. he's jumped ship, and he's now, he, most of his All action right. now is on NRL. He's he's just filling every week and. That'll lead us into the Hall of Fame, which is uh, an interesting uh, week of nominations. Garrick Heo got the gong last week, and you want to put him in again, uh, top rope. I think that COVID, the perform-enhancing drug, should nearly get a start in the Hall of Fame. To oh, jo- I agree. Uh, COVID, the COVID co- king. COVID's got to be nearly... I know, I know we're probably putting in too many golfers, but COVID king, Johnny Rahm. Seriously. You, you want the punters' power... He was he was favourite too short maybe at the ten dollars. I don't think uh, anyone was jumping into him on our golf show. Not to say he couldn't win, but back to back monster putts to, to to win a major um, after apparently nearly dying what two weeks ago. Incredible, <laughs> wasn't it? And what then, a comeback! And then no one else in his family, nor his baby, has got COVID. That's how contagious it is. This is unbelievable. Oh, Djok- Djokovic has COVID, wins the French, uh, takes down Nadal. Yeah. Does the impossible. It's, COVID's got to be in the mix. Who you got this week for us, Top Rope? 
Well, I, I, thought, I was I was I was ready to give Kid the nomination this week because I I thought I thought we'd be I thought we'd be a line on on her, on who gets this week. No doubt, COVID has to be yeah right Tom, there again. But how do we go past Tommy Turbo? Your yeah, man, yeah, Tommy yeah. Turbo, on Sunday afternoon for those of us on the minus and sweating at halftime and Kid a little bit worried at halftime. Oh, we're in some strife here. We need things to lift. And what happened, Kid? You're on Melbourne United. You're on Essendon. <laughs> you're on Mel. You're on Manly. They're all yeah. cast. Everyone cast. Then, yeah. then MG goes lift, and boy, <laughs> did everyone lift. I'll tell you the only mistake I did make in in the frenzy of Saturday uh, Sunday <laughs> afternoon. I'll tell you what the the, the Texas were going off, and Top Rope was just trying to calm me down. And he actually said to me at half time, he said Manly will win this and probably still cover. I thought they were like shot to pieces down twenty four eight. And he was calm, collected, and he goes, possession will change and Manly, Manly will, will get over the top here. And, but no one expected in that style. It was crazy. Like, I'll, it, I'll tell you what I didn't expect, kid. I didn't expect my lair bed of 30 plus to get up. <laughs> 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 oh, fantastic stuff. Tommy Turbo, he's, uh, he's long overdue and even uh, the mainstream media picking up and saying that maybe he is the, uh, the best player in the game going that, past Tedesco. Was, was, that that was that one of the best individual matches? Like, is that how highly does that rank as a. Well, they had on 360 the other night, they had the best Tommy Turbo matches round nine, round 11, or last round. Oh, right. uh, that's how good he's been going. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it is uh, it is one of the best half. They won the second yeah. half 48 mil. Like, that's crazy. it was, they could not lay a finger on him. Like, admittedly, it was the Titans, but it, it has to be up there. Like, in terms of individual performances, kind of this season or the last few seasons, that is absolutely yeah. up there with, with, with the best of them. Mm. His uh, his origin performance was absolutely scintillating. And I know. Yeah. Let's uh, we won't take a break. I reckon uh, we'll get a full, uh, keep our full head of steam and we'll charge into uh, the Friday night action at the Sunshine Coast Stadium. This looks looks like a nice little uh, venue, and it's probably going to keep hosting more and more games with this uh, COVID madness at the moment. But uh, the Queensland women one fifty four, New South Wales two forty five, and the line four and a half. We're two blind chooks in here. Nick, but uh, tell us who's going to win this, and I don't know how you get time to watch it. You are a marvel. <laughs> I absolutely love the NRLW and the women's origin, <laughs> and Queensland minus four and a half are a great bet. They've got a young superstar coming up to meet her up, and she made a debut for Queensland last year, scored two tries, fastest player in the NRLW by miles. She tore them up. Uh, difference here is look, New South Wales have probably got you know, a better all-round side, Queensland have all the key playmakers. Ali Brigginshaw, veteran, Australian captain, absolute superstar. Uh, Taryn Aiken, who won the Nelly Doherty medal last year, best player in origin, at halfback. They, they can just create more. They've got most nine of the players from the uh, NRLW Broncos who won last year's premiership and have won all three premierships so far. So I think Queensland will do a job, particularly on home turf, up on the sunny coast. Oh, I can see them doing a real number on New South Wales here. So I'll be back in the minus four and a half and... If we get a little bit of 13 plus, I'll be able to nibble at the 13 plus Ooh. too. Bit of Ric Flair. I love it in the wheel. Bit of Ric Flair. I'll tell you what, Top Rope, you, you speaking about female uh, rugby league then was like uh, the expression on Nick's face when you were mentioning players and stuff is like me talking uh, AFLW to Nico. He never <laughs> understood or have heard any of those players. <laughs> Any, but any, but I, I guarantee you one thing, he will be on the minus <laughs> oh, yeah. four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it, is a, it is one of the great betting sports. Like I just, I love <laughs> sports that people don't want to bet on. People like That's true. Because you provide a great angle. The Broncos, I think the Broncos have failed to cover 
two games in the three years of history. So they're, wow. they're, they're the Melbourne Storm of the NRLW. Oh, so stick with them, so little Ebs. And they're extending the season this year, so a few more weeks of, uh, of fill-ups for us, boys. A little bit disappointing that the women's game isn't the curtain raiser to the uh, absolute big one, Suncorp Stadium, uh, on Sunday night where the New South Wales team are 123 and Queensland are 440, line 12.5 to 14.5. My man Jai Arrow is out with a mysterious illness. And I, I I, I watched the first game and no one in their right mind could back Queensland with stolen money. Am I wrong? <laughs> I'm on Queensland. <laughs> oh, and, I no. <laughs> and I don't feel that good about it. Oh. I don't feel that good about it. I, He's got I'm, too much. Two, two, reasons, two reasons I'm on Queensland, the plus. I'm not on straight out. I'm Can't wait. Biggest line, biggest line in history. Biggest line in origin history. Uh, I don't know if things have changed here, and I have been a big minus punter here, but two things. Much better side this time, this time around. Josh Papali back is huge. Christian Welsh you know, got injured last game. They were really missing it, uh, some of their middle. They've got uh, Reese Walsh at pullback and Holmes on a wing. That's a much better balanced side than what they had in the first game. Walsh had some X factor. Yeah, he's young. He might have a shocker, but uh, he's he's a great. He looks like a great young player. So more than happy to back him this week. And Holmes, he's played six times on the wing for Queensland. Scored nine tries. Pure finisher. Uh, expecting to be better there. Andrew McCulloch is no Harry Grant in attack. But he had some real steel in the in the middle of the field as well, and, and Ben Hunt's a much better fit on the bench as a backup hooker middle than Brimson was, who kind of got found out defending the front line. So uh, I like the balance of this team more. Cameron Munster, not yeah, he's, he's got a couple of games under the belt now, coming back from injury. I, I like that. And uh, Queensland's record at Suncorp, you know, they've won seven of their last eight. There, teams off big losses tend not to get flogged this century. Any team that's been beaten by uh, uh, by thirty plus has not uh, uh, has not lost by more than six in the next game. So uh, I'm reason well, I won't say confident. I'm reasonably happy to be with Queensland, but I won't be I won't be I won't be backing them like I'm backing the Queensland women on Friday night. Let's say that. Mm, cool story, but Tommy Turbo for me at the minus. Fair dinky. You, <laughs> you, you wouldn't want to play poker against. Uh, Top rope, would you? Seriously. He could sell ice to the Eskimos. I mean, if you, if you just listened to him and you didn't watch game one, you'd be all over this plus 14 and a half. If, if you didn't have New South Wales tries running through your head, you'd say, he sold me on this Queensland thing. I tell you what, in a court of law, you'd get someone off You'd get someone off cold cold murder, you would top rope. I've got PVL off murdering rugby league for a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, Scooty, we've got to be we've got to be having a bottle of goose with top rope on this line, don't we? I know it's four multiple. And a half, but I'll take, we'll take multiple. He doesn't sound confident, so no, he doesn't. We sound can't confident. completely. He's trying to talk. Him, he's trying to talk himself into this bet no, no. more than. But he's still. <laughs> he's still. Let, I can't let plus fourteen and a half no, go that's true. in an Origin Prime underdog. I'm sorry. What, I have some what, principles. No, that's fair enough. I agree. It's just um, it's too many New South Wales tries keep going through. And as you said, Tommy Turbo will beat this line by himself. Like it's just. <laughs> That's crazy. What, what, what do you th- what do you think of the early total outside of uh, any weather? What I mean, I know forty six and a half. You're probably going to say that's the highest uh, total ever, is it? Yeah, it is. But yeah. I, I, well, the, the only way Queensland can win this is win a defensive game. So okay. I've, I've I've got to lay the under here. But again, not confident. Or like the first game went over with ease, but yeah. it kind of didn't really feel like a big overs game. If you know what I mean? Like they yeah. they kind of 
put a cut. There were a couple of sessions where they put three or four tries on super quick, but there were kind of good twenty minute periods with no scoring or, or, or one try. And so um, yeah, I think that might be a touch a touch big, but uh, I'll be having something small in the under. But like the Quangs, I bet they're pretty correlated. To be honest, you know, you uh, yeah. um, if if New South Wales win this, they'll, they'll blow it out, and the game will probably go over. If Queensland Queensland can't win another game. Oh, they, so they, you'd, they do not have enough points in them to, to win that again. Would you back the plus first before the under in the total? I'd bet, line ball? I'd bet the plus before the under, yeah. Okay. I'd bet the plus before the under. Uh, but not not super confident. I, I, to be honest, I'm probably going to – my bet will probably be to double, double the plus and the under up and, and leave it at that. Okay. Mm. And uh, I'd firmly suggest uh, responsibly go to the uh, two-score-a-try market at topsport.com.au and Tom Turbo is a $1.90. I tell you what, that's we talk, a, that's we talk better about, than the line. We bit, talk isn't about it? easy watches, and we yeah. talk about Storm. They're just an automatic. Yeah, it's true. This, I tell you what, this new guy and our newest Hall of Fame member, Tommy Turbo, he's automatic. He's automatic at the dollar nine. You know he's what, a little bit like your man, yeah, Pappenhausen. You, you, you actually, I'll tell you another bad beat story, which uh, <laughs> I'm surprised Top Rope didn't do, which he, he told me in the text. <laughs> this is was, the worst beat of all time. Was uh, Melbourne Storm putting on sixty six points and Fox? The Fox, the great man, any time try oh, scorer. It's got, it's got top rope plenty. What they? It's got a hundred. It cost a nation plenty. They scored a hundred tries and never went near the Fox at any stage. <laughs> that is such a bad beat. It's crazy. They had ten individual try scorers. Ten couldn't, individual try scorers. Couldn't find the Fox. Couldn't find the leader. Six tries a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's as sick as it gets. <laughs> Speaking of uh, sick as it gets, is our lock of the week segment. We uh, we're attempting to try and uh, bet our way to five k and donate that to raise.org.au. Luckily, we've got ten in the bank already for them, so they won't go. Yeah, they won't go without. But uh, we're definitely uh, going without a winner. And last week, I was uh, I was smart enough to back Xander Shoffley at top five. He's around top seventh. He's missed more gimme putts than you could poke a stick at, and he's absolute torture. Big Daddy, or yeah. uh, Big Daddy says he's a choker, yeah. and Nick Tedeschi says that Ushazen's a choker. They're both chokers, and I tell you what, Xander will never get my money ever again. I've had a gut full of him. Well, that just shows one. the pressure in golf. Yeah, you'd like to be playing skins against Ugh. Xander if you're good enough. He can't. I'm, glad you've, I'm glad you've reached this point, Scooty, because like, <laughs> I, I saw you up and too. about on Xander last week. <laughs> I saw, and I'd, and I'd been there. I'd numbers <laughs> all stacked up. I'd been there. I'd seen it. We'll just let him play this one through. Like he, I know what he'll be like on Monday, and here we are, Wednesday. Still like it. You'll, you'll, we've all had the, the Xander burn before. Welcome to the club. Mm. Yeah. They say a sign of intelligence is learning from your mistakes quickly, and I've fucking learned. Yeah, completely. I'm cured. Yeah, he put he's put a permanent scratching through his name, uh, top rope. So he actually he won't be mentioning uh, Shoffley going forward in any more golf previews. That is for sure. One of uh, one Correct. of the viewers of our show, Nath Holt, he reckons he's packed the hand of twenty six times for no collect. <laughs> so he re- he needs actual. <laughs> he's going he's going the Jew factor. <laughs> oh, he needs uh, professional help indeed. But wow. I'll um I'll lead things off here in lock of the week this week. I'm uh, I'm semi confident. I'll take Brisbane Lions to beat the Cats. I'll take the Tigers to beat the Saints. I'll take Western Bulldogs plus three and a half to beat West Coast Eagles. And then I'll take New South Wales uh, minus seven and a half in the alternate handicap. Tommy Turbo will score a couple. And uh, 5.22 is the dividend there for my $200. That's how you do it. Marcos? Yeah, you, you're without your, a couple of your bankers this week. No Storm and no... Uh, oh, there's no NRL, so I'm no, cast. No Panthers, so <laughs> might help you. Might get a win on the board. Um 
I'm not sure how top ropes lock, lock went. I actually landed one, so I'm up to a balance of, uh, what am I, 542. So I am going to try and uh, just go along solidly here. I, there's not too many I like this week, but I'm just going to try and stick uh, to pinching them. Richmond at the $1.20 head-to-head, Port at 133 is the price to try and get me to 867 for next week. I'll tell you what, he's taking the real long-term gutless <laughs> yeah. approach, MG. You're well, going to be... Uh... We got, I'm looking at it like this. I've got nine <laughs> weeks left, and I'm just going to snail crawl to a line, but I, I want to get this 5,000 up because this has been a long process all year. So um, I'm going to try the grind, and if not, then the last week or two, I'll try hey, Top Rope's Ric Flair. All right, Top Rope, what do you got for us this week? Did, did I jag it last week? Yeah, I'll have to check the tapes. <laughs> I don't think I did check the tapes. Check I, the tapes. I don't think you did. Hey? I don't think I did. If it's actually <laughs> I'd suggest I probably have it. Uh, give me Queensland minus four and a half in the win. Bang. I like it. it. Easy 200 uh, at the dollar ninety. So, yeah, brick on brick there for top rope. I think uh, that's a wrap from us. We've got uh, Bet Doctor tomorrow. We've got Briz Vegas. The boys were on fire in the Briz Vegas show. They tipped out a $16 winner that was pumped into $7.50. Oh, the yeah. Bet Doctor boys, Johnny Walter, tip two. So, we're around the mark, that's for sure. So make sure you keep enjoying and lapping up this content. Nick Tedeschi's got it all. He's got the women's covered on Friday night, and it's uh, a plethora of sporting options before we start to dive into what another uh, major in the tennis. So yeah, we've got Wimbledon next week. We'll have Ace Ace on Ace uh, for a Ace preview. And... Yeah, it will have started, but uh, we'll have the draw, and we'll talk about the last week and a half of Wimbledon next year. Uh, Out, next week, outstanding stuff. It's the only thing getting us through this COVID crisis at the moment. The punt. And uh, little birdie was born in COVID, and uh, we'll hopefully try and find you a couple of winners this week. But uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy the freshen up this week, Top Rope. I know you'll be betting on everything, oh. but uh, enjoy the couple of days off rugby league. A couple of days of rugby league. We got women's, we got a women's major this week. We got women's origin. There's plenty to keep me busy. <laughs> Oh, he's an absolute betting machine. That's a, that's a wrap from us. Good luck on the weekend on the AFL Stings and your GGOA. Make sure you head to the Little Betty Shop if you want more of these guys' action. That's uh, wall-to-wall analysis, so you get a lot. Burger with a lot. But uh, good luck and happy punting this weekend, and uh, we'll see you next week.